I wish it need not have happened in my time, said Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. J.R.R. Tolkien, The Fellowship of the Ring I climb between my parents to middle seat of this old white Toyota Hayes van. After only about 28 kilometers, 17 miles, and I'll, I'll have my freedom. People have always moved to new locations. They bring their ideas, memories, sometimes even a culture and language with them. But when moving, people also leave lasting mark to where they left. There is still the same red garage that I helped to paint years ago, and the same grass that I cut every summer, same room where I watched the MacIvers over and over again. But now I would have a new room, and not just a room, an apartment for myself. I would move dozen times after this first one too, but None of them quite had the same feeling. We enter Varkaus, nearest city, and after a few traffic lights, we arrive at Gravel parking lot. Few minutes later, my meager possessions are in place. Bed, chair, table, and few bags of clothes. Parents wish me good luck and congratulate me. Of course, I would rummage my parents' fridge almost every weekend, but I would get to spend the weekdays all by myself. No one to tell me to clean my room or when to go to sleep. I would not have to do anything if I didn't want to. That felt great. Naive and dramatic, I know. But hey, I was 16. So, when the door closes, and I hear the trusted Toyota start its engine. I crash to my bed, and all I can think is... The prisoner wishes to say a word. Finland podcast, episode 6, Migrations and Merovingians Migraines, 375-400-800-825, Migration and Merovingian period. If this episode were a soup, we would need a few things. First, there would be the recipe. That would be how fall of the Western Roman Empire impacted the peninsula. 
First line on that recipe would be Take a huge kettle, add Germany kings to the ruins of Roman Empire, add heat and watch while Germany kings try to uphold the old institutions, but fail. Slowly complex institutions regress to quite simple ones. Add following ingredients. Wither trade and cities. A pinch of completely deserted cities. Wait a while for church to preserve the ancient literary cultural heritage. Taste. Wait a bit longer. So sooner or later all the kings that now rule the ruins of the empire convert to Christianity. Let it simmer. After a while, your soup has kingdom of the Franks at its greatest extent ruled modern France, Belgium and western Germany. Visigoths, southern France and most of modern Spain. And last, the Ostrogoths in Italy. On top of that, Britain Roman society collapses and Byzant defeats the Ostrogoth in Italy and Vandals in Northern Africa. And soup is ready. Meanwhile in Northern Europe, Apo and Anneli kept raising their sheep and farmed their land. With all the turmoil, unprecedented amounts of Roman gold flowed to Scandinavia. Alas, not to the peninsula, thanks to Baltic Sea. Although loot didn't really reach Finland, it was affected indirectly. Migration period 375-400 to 550-575. Besides Roman gold, Scandinavia is introduced to first small kingdoms, and in Peninsula too, power begins to be centered to local peasant elite. In southern Finland, field farming becomes more popular than the burn bean cultivation. Ostrobotnia rises to her glory, thanks to trade links with Scandinavia. By the way, sometimes Finland is mixed in with the Scandinavia, but it's not. There is another term for that, and that is Fennoscandia, that is sometimes used, comprising of the Scandinavian and Kola Peninsulas, mainland Finland and Karelia. Anyway, we could start with material culture. At the end of the migration period, beginning of the 6th century, southwestern Finland had small sword and shield burial sites at different places. That suggests that there were contacts to Scandinavians and their raiding parties. Parties that had already, at this point, visited regions like Danube. Maybe some left to serve the local chiefs in hopes of plunder? Whatever the case, clearly it wasn't as successful or widespread as in Scandinavia, where most of the gold found there is believed to come from the soldiers returning home. Found jewelry, on the other hand, has East Baltic tone to it. Buckles, bracelets and neck rings were mostly made of copper. Silver was rare, not to mention gold. Most of jewelry 
were decorated with animal ornamentation. Previously this was seen as a hint of Christianity, but modern scholars lean towards shamanistic beliefs and Scandinavian myths related to God Odin. These types of jewelry were worn by high-ranking females. None of them are found from weapon graves. Now most common burial method was still the burial mounds. But now the deceased were almost always cremated before burying. Also, there were a lot more of them than before. Burial sites in southern Ostrobotnia seems to be more prosperous than in other places. Some of the burial mounds there are monumental. We are talking about diameters of 10 to 20 meters, 32 to 65 feet. They were also made of rocks and had details like rings around them or eye stone, bigger stone that was in the middle of the mound. Items found had distinguishing details in them. This is often interpreted referring to special northerner identity almost. Based on the finds from burial mounds, we can deduce that they had excess wealth. By this time Scandinavia probably had small kingdoms, so gifting them with furs or receiving ornamented objects might suggest of pact of loyalty. Vörin Kaldamaki and Climate Crisis of 530s CE Most prominent burial site from Ostrobotnia is probably Kaldamaki in Vöri. A lot of ornamented buckles, parts of swords, four golden rings and three Roman gold coins are found. Also seashells from all the way from India Ocean. Those might have been in use in necklace with glass pearls. From Kaldamaki, researchers have also reconstructed 3D image of a teenager or young adult skull, 16 to 20 years old, so we might see what she might have looked like. I urge you to take a look. Website is in Finnish, but there are fascinating pictures. Link is in the description. Around the times that she died, the climate changed suddenly in the 530s. Roman historians Cassiodorus and Procopius wrote in 536 that the sun didn't shine all that bright or warmly. This lasted over a year, which by modern scientists was caused by volcanic eruption in the tropics. Studies are only beginning, but it seems that it had profound effect, especially in Scandinavia. Researchers have put forward hypotheses about famine and mass mortality. End of ceramics. Around 300 CE, major change happened in northern Sweden, Norway, in Finland and East Karelia. The last of ceramic styles end and now no new ceramics are produced. Since most of the finds and dating is based on ceramics, 
it is really difficult to identify inland habitation after this time. Flints Flints are a very important part of narrative of early and middle Iron Age. These stones are oval-shaped and they have cut in the middle, so they look a lot like vulva. They are used for igniting fires and sharpening weapons, but their shape suggests of fertility rights too. Earliest flints are possibly from pre-Roman Iron Age. But first dated ones from burial sites are from younger Roman Iron Age and migration period. They are found all over Finland and curiously from midst of slash and burn cultivation. Maybe they were sacrificed in water and in soil to bring good harvest. Similar finds have been made in Estonia. Flints tell us of another story too. Story about trade. Since most of the flints are made of quartzite, and this can mostly be found from eastern and northern Finland, maybe they conveyed or traded them to the farmers in southern Finland? Seems that the areas with burial sites and areas without burial site culture had more trade between them than rare metal finds imply. Merovingian period 550-575-800-825 Merovingian period refers to Merovingian family that ruled in Western Europe, the Frankish kingdom. Family was replaced already in 748 and they had for the longest time been puppet rulers before that. But this naming is used in Finland and in Norway, so we go with that. In Sweden the period is called Vendel, after burial site in Upland, but they refer to roughly the same time period. With new cities around North Sea brought sea trade and with that came economic boom. In Finland, Merovingian period brings a lot more bronze imports. And also finally, Finland has the means to start producing cat videos. Can't have farming without rats and mice. Can't have rats and mice eat and spoil your harvest. Need a cat. Also a lot more burial sites, cremation cemeteries, especially in southern Finland. These started to replace burial mounds around 600 CE in southwestern coast. These were burial places that had the remains of the deceased and other remains related to the burial mixed over a large area. These were a huge hit especially in inland in Satakunta between southwestern Finland and Osterbotnia. <sighs> there it is. Land. Finally. It has been years since I last saw my wife and my daughter. I wonder how she has grown. I wonder what my wife will think about all the loot we bring. Well, I guess I really should be more worried about 
how the village will take the news of the new ideas for our rituals. The lands we've been and seen, they are so different. They don't burn their dead, neither should we. From 500 CE onwards, Eurakeulia area grew to be the most important habitation in Iron Age Finland. There they used ground burial, which was unique. All the other regions around them still used cremation cemeteries. Male bodies had lots of weapons and female bodies had jewelry and clay and wooden containers. Probably food for afterlife. Now why would these people differ so much from the rest of the peninsula? There are many great theories but the most prominent one so far is that the warrior group visited the continental Europe and brought the new tradition and weapon styles with them. The area is in inland, so it is not likely that the new group would migrate to peninsula and settle straight to inland. Final answers are left open, but in the future stable isotope analysis of the teeth of the deceased may provide new information. Eurakyölje had connections to Middle Europe since spear tips that are found they come from Middle Europe and nothing similar has been found from Scandinavia. Merovingian period also saw the invention of Finnish Angon spear that is modeled after the continental European Angon. Finnish Angon had spikes, the spikes were meant to pierce the enemy shield and so the Angon would get stuck and probably bent on impact like Roman pilum but there is no definite evidence. No tests have been done to see if they bend or not. This would be a big deal since that would make the spear unusable after impact. They wouldn't be able to throw them back at you. Both were meant to get stuck to the shields and so render the shields useless. Clan leaders. Leading families or rather clans ruled in the most fertile areas and by the end of the Merovingian period they had formed alliances for mutual defense and oaths of allegiance to the most powerful overlords in central Sweden. Contacts to the west and south had been in existence over a millennia. Therefore, many merchants and rulers must have spoken Gothic, Old High German and Old Swedish, all of which left significant traces to the Finnish language. The mystery of Levaluhta. There are two sites that have special meaning from the migration and Merovingian periods. Both are located in Osterbotnia. First one was already mentioned, Kaldemäki, but the second one is Levalufta. In the low meadow between Isokyla and Orismala, there is a spring where masses of human bones have been seen at all times and are still seen. Vika of Isokyra, Israel Alftanus 
to his Swedish colleague in 1674. Letter arrived, was archived and forgotten. 200 years later, in 1884, they decided to dry the meadow. Bones were found. Contemporary conclusion was that they must be the victims from Kachal War 1596 to 1597. After all, the peasant leader Jaakko Ilkka was executed at nearby Isokyra church. Real true crime stuff, because later investigations reveals that they were much older. More recent studies reveal that Levaluhta wasn't always a spring. It was a lake or a pond. There, in total, bones of 100 individuals have been found. 70 were adults, mostly females, and 30 children. They were tied to the bottom so they wouldn't start to float. From their jewelry, we know that the Levaluhta has been in use from 400 to 700 CE. So from migration to the end of the Merovingian period. It has been suspected to be some sort of sacrificing place, resting place for the people who died in the war or to some epidemic. Criminals, unwanted babies, well, they weren't slaves, since they had precious items with them. Since 2010, multidisciplinary research group of University of Helsinki has tried to solve the mystery of Levaluht. They now have article of the results in the Nature magazine. The project is a part of an extensive international study investigating the settlement and population history of Siberia. The part about the Levaluhta talks about DNA, and it seems that the victim's inheritance has a clear similarities with the modern Sami. This is the first physical evidence of Sami people so deep in the southern Finland. But why they were buried in this way and place is still a mystery. Come on, horsey. We have mentioned horses before in this podcast, but they don't appear in archaeological evidence properly until in Merovingian period. Of course, this is hardly the first time people had them, and most likely horse was known hundreds of years before. Since peninsula didn't have roads, wagons were useless. Most likely horse was for riding and maybe to pull a sleigh. However, they were used, they were small. Wither's height was only around 130 centimeters, 4.26 feet, and horses were not yet shoed in Iron Age. We have few scraps of evidence of saddle and stirrups from later from late Iron Age, 800-825, to 1200-300 CE. Well, thank you for tuning in. Next time we have something bit more special. First time we deviate a bit from our usual narrative. But I will give you a hint. 
It is also a Tom Cruise movie. Of sorts. After that, we continue with Vikings. So, make sure to rate and review us, and if you have any questions, you can leave them on Twitter, Facebook, or send email to thofpodcast at gmail.com.